Hello and welcome to season two, episode two of Everything I Did Wrong as a Church Planter, a million part series. My name is Logan Wolf. I'm in Provo, Utah. I'm joined by my friend Isaac Morin. He's out in Orange County, California. Isaac, I feel like at this point, I don't need to kind of keep giving that same introductory spiel of how we started and where we're at and all that. Um, let's, I think we're just going to we're gonna jump in here. Uh, I, I do want to note, this is a special day for us in Utah. Today, May 12th is the day we're recording this. This marks 12 years as uh, missionaries, as church planters in the state of Utah. So, And I'm wow. celebrating it by having a conversation with you, Isaac. Isn't that great? I love that. I'm I'm a little bitter <laughs> that we didn't address this in March. 13. When you were celebrating 12 years? Well, when guess what? You, at that point, you hadn't been on much. I wasn't sure if I was ever going to have you on again. I didn't want to create <laughs> like emotional entanglements for the audience of like, oh, what about that Isaac guy? Like, he's gone. I'm sick of yeah. him. I'm sick of his mess. He's so, dead to me. He's dead to me. <laughs> he doesn't pay for therapy. It's embarrassing. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. No, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, no, it's been good having you on, Isaac. I have reached out to several others and it's just a scheduling issue. I know like, you and I both know church planters who have been, again, yeah. I'm not talking about guys that have been on the field for months or just a couple of years, but guys that have been on the field for you know more than a decade, like you and I. Um, and that I know some of them even listen to this and are resonating with this. So I do want to, I mean, I am trying to get some other voices on here to join. Um, if not both of us, just, you know, something like that, but anyway, hopefully here in season two, we'll pull some more of those together. Um, in fact, if you're listening to this and you are a church planter, or, you know, a church planter who's been on the field, uh, maybe close to a decade or over a decade, um, please reach out to us, either of us and let us know. We'd love to have a conversation either about some stuff we've already talked about, or even some of these topics we have coming up. So in this episode, here is the, the error, the mistake. Uh, We are talking about that season after having arrived in the cities where we're going to plant these churches. And um, for me, again, Provo, Utah, you're in California. But the mistake is this. I started too quickly. Is that the best way to word it? I started too quickly. Yeah. 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 Hitting the ground running. Um, Yeah. That's definitely (laughs) a a huge, huge error we want to. Okay. So, and I think the best way to do it, brother, is we'll just kind of let's just take real i mean as much time as you need let's just hash out the timeline between arriving what day was that to the what was the day that you actually had public weekly services so i grant granted i know both of us probably did some stuff in between where we were connecting with people or trying to pull some people together and we can talk about that maybe even in a later episode um like preview services or outreach events but just what was your timeline walk us through it and why I mean, we'll, the whys of some of that stuff, and then we'll we'll dissect it. Yeah. So May of twenty or yeah, May of two thousand ten, we left the ministry we were at, and in March of two thousand eleven, we had our grand opening service. So fundraising, communication, ordering logo design, web design, bank account, all the stuff that you would do from an administrative standpoint, and then moving uh, back across the country uh, to California and uh, and then opening the churches. And uh, when we got to California, so we, we took a month and, and went and saw family back east uh, before we started. So when I'm talking about moving across the country, that's what I mean. <laughs> 
but um, really, really the move to plant was was more from just above LA, you know, down to Orange County. That wasn't really too huge of a move, but we got in Orange County in January, like January one, we moved into our new house. And I don't mean moved into our new house, like, um, you know, started living there. It was like, we went to the storage unit and started unpacking on January 1st. Grand opening Sunday was March 13th, I think. Whatever time change Sunday was that year, that was the, <laughs> in our infinite wisdom, that was the Sunday we decided to have uh, the grand opening. And yeah, I mean, you talk about just hitting the ground running. I mean, there were so many, we knew no one in the city. Um, we, we had a situation where we had to move locations. That's a whole nother story I won't get into now, but yeah, I mean, canvas, we canvassed an entire portion of the city. I mean, in those three months, we, yeah, it was just crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So in so, 90 days. I'm about yeah. to say that's what it was, it was just over, like right at 90 days then, right? You, you're unpacking, you're yep. launching three months. Yes. Wow. Okay. And, and and this was at a time where get to know you meetings and preview services were certainly a thing with, I think, other church plants, but where we were planting out of, this was, uh, it was sort of a new concept. So the prevailing idea for us was to do what we were going to do. The, the 90 days was plenty of time. You know, you right. just go to the city, start knocking doors, open a church. That was the prevailing mentality. So I know I know for some people listening to that, they're like, that's dumb and yeah. really dumb. And I'm going to echo that with you. But understand. That, bro, I lived it. And I'm, it's yeah. dumb. I lived it. And it's dumb. It, it's, it's, the still, <laughs> it's still dumb. But it was sort of the prevailing thought at that time uh, yeah. in, in regards to church planning for where we were coming from. So yeah, 90 days, man. It's nuts. Really less than, but yeah. Well, I was, okay. So for us, we moved May 12th, 2011, and we launched, uh, it's like the first or second week, September. I don't have it in front of me. Um, oh, of, yeah. two, of 2011. So about four months give or take. Um, in fact, I was looking here to see if I could find that, that date about four months is what we were, we were doing. We launched. Okay. Okay. It was almost, almost, it was September 25th, 2011. So four and a half months. Um, same thing though. We moved, uh, from North Carolina. It was the most, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm looking back on it. So we had this like commissioning service in Goldsboro, North Carolina at our sending agency. And, you know, we're leaving, like, we don't know, just like you, I don't know anyone in Provo. We don't have anyone waiting on us or anything. We have this commissioning service. We say goodbye to our parents in the parking lot. We're out there like weeping, you know, everyone's on their way to McDonald's. Like it's just dumb. Like, it's like, it felt so anticlimactic. Like, it's like, what is happening? We get up the next morning, early flight out of Raleigh into uh, Salt Lake city. Uh, we were going to ship our car with all of our stuff. And that, which is delayed on the road. So we actually arrived two weeks before our stuff. Whoa. So we, yeah, so we rented a car um, at the airport, drove to Provo and our landlord was, I guess one person was waiting for us because we had to give him money. So he was there <laughs> and <laughs> takes us into the apartment, the condo empty. And, you know, we closed the door and we, we literally we sat on the ground and just cried. Like what, yeah. not, like, what do we do? 
Um, we ended up having to go to like Walmart and bought, bought an air mattress and some, you know, paper goods or whatever. Cause we didn't have anything to sleep on some sheets. Luckily in and out was like right up the road. So for like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, those first two weeks, we were just eating in and out again, like 50 pounds. <laughs> so it was crazy, man. I got 50 pounds either. <laughs> no, just like, ah, oh, church planting. Um, but we did hit the ground right. So those two weeks, even not having our stuff. I did like have my laptop and stuff. We were doing things. So we were looking up like community events to participate in. We were mapping out where we're going to canvas. Um, and basically that summer, that's what we did. I spent all my time. Uh, and this is probably a topic for another episode, like formally organizing a legal entity that was a church, you know, the 501 C three to and, and actually there's a lot of stuff I did. I didn't have to do um, needlessly. And right. so, Again, I wish I had go back to that coaching episode we did just last time. I wish I had someone walking me through that stuff. Right. Um, did that and uh, began. We had we had several mission teams come, and I'm sure we have some stories around that. But we had basically we're utilizing the mission teams over that summer to help us canvas the whole city, which we did. So we ended up going taking taking something to every door. Hindsight, you know, that was a lot of a. Uh, I should have just been sharing the gospel there, but we were inviting people to these. We did preview services. So that's probably a difference in our stories, but it's yep. funny because I had those two different books. I had Muchler's book and Cersei's book. Muchler very much go to the city, knock doors, start a church. Yep. And Cersei more the invite people to these preview services in anticipation of a, a launch, you know, a few months down the road. Yep. So, but I was, we were doing the, the preview services. We were at community events. I mean, so we moved in May and June. We had a booth at the farmer's market passing out church invitations and Bibles. Um, not, I mean, not any attraction or anything. No one was, no, we weren't getting any ground. We did a preview service June, July, and August. Uh, so yeah. one a month. We had already rented this conference center. No one shows up at those preview services. Just foreshad- foreshadowing. Yeah, I know. Uh, like, no, and like it was just. <laughs> Dude, it was like because we're by, by that point we had been we did take the summer we were advertising we were spending money on on advertising um we were doing servant evangelism stuff we were canvassing the city we were at booths at all these different you know farmers market women's expo we joined the chamber of commerce we all this stuff for exposure 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 no one came to any of those preview services and and then of course we we launched and so like you it's very much it felt like I couldn't catch my breath. Like we hit the ground running. And by the time the grand opening service, the launch service came, we were already exhausted. So isn't that crazy? Dude. Yeah. I just, I resonate with so much of what you're saying because it was the same, you know, and I, and obviously the, the toll is like most felt, I think, and this might even be you talk about the the mental stress toll of church planning. I, that might be a whole nother episode to, to <laughs> dig into. But um, but I do think that obviously your family in church planning technically really should be like one of your biggest apart from the Holy Spirit, right? And the word, right. like your family is such a tremendous value add to you. Kids, who doesn't talk to guys with kids? You know, like yeah. they're such a great uh piece of the puzzle, so to speak. Um, they're a great tool. Uh, and, and they're there obviously, cause they love you and, and they believe in what you're doing. Uh, but Your I kids, well also cause they're little and they have no choice. Like they, they will be- and, yeah, <laughs> yeah. My, 
I don't know if my kids will have the drug problem, you know, illustration, <laughs> but, uh, but maybe they will. Yeah. But they just, they're it's, it's really more the train wreck that happens to them in the midst of yeah. all of this, you know, yeah. you're called and, and you've got visions of grandeur and, uh, but then you are just dragging your family through this, uh, 90 day process of something that could honestly, it, there's really no rush, you know, and I think that's that's the driving point. I think today, right? It's just there is no rush. Yeah, slow but, down. There's no rush. Like trees take time to grow, right? I mean, that's I, yeah. really the farming illustration here is very relevant, and and the consequence. I mean, if you if you were to if you could almost say like uh, this this podcast, right? The, the million part episode. I mean, all of those, a lot of those things that were done as mistakes really were exacerbated or actually caused by this like yes. the yeah. rushing the this this yes people need to see me making disciples they need to see me producing they need to see me get to this number and uh and that could even go back into the fundraising you know conversation yeah. where it's like yeah let's talk about what are your expectations of me as an investor you know, so, okay and so let's stop there because i i agree i think there is no need to rush. Um, and so I'd like, I would like to say that my rush was zeal, like excitement and zeal to get started. And, and there probably was some of that. I mean, I've been trying to come, to, I shared this. I've been trying to come to Utah since I was 16. Like there was very much like I'm here or we doing it. But I think underneath that was a fear of man and, and letting, you know, what, like wanting, like, what is their expectation of me? And trying to like meet that expectation, which is crazy because it was never communicated. And I think I yes. said that when we talked about sending agencies. And so you're you're right. shooting for something totally ambiguous, um, you know. And it's like, yeah, people have given me money, and they yes. paid it, we're, and they know we're here now. Like they know I'm here, so I've got to I've got to do something. And who, who of course, we didn't yes. have kids when we moved. Who hurt in that? I think was my wife. In fact, my wife went through a man that first year, that whole year. He, she went through some depression. I mean, and I did, I slept in some dark places too, but it was just running yeah. and running and running. And so I think it would be helpful to go to point back to that at the outset. What is the expectation on me? And to be honest, I doubt, I seriously doubt, you know, the, the single mom or the elderly couple or the Sunday school class, the teen Sunday school class that gave you 40, 50, a hundred dollars. I doubt they're at home looking at the calendar and the watch going, they better be cranking things out now. You know, I think, right. I, I don't think that the individuals giving yeah. had that kind of expectation on us, you know, that's it's self-imposed. Like, someone told me once, no one's thinking about you as much as you're thinking about you. Yes. And so, you know, once you left those fundraising services, once we left that commission, sir, I, I bet you 90% of the people didn't give us a second thought, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. And so, but you come in with that. And you feel like I've got, you know, and I'm thinking I've got to write a newsletter and I've got to like, what do I want to put in the newsletter? And that whole, that's another topic too. That whole, you know, first season, there was nothing to write in the newsletter. So you like had to just stir up activity. Like no one was gotten, no one's gotten saved. There wasn't a service yet. And okay. so it's just like, I'm doing this, 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 and this. And I'm, I was exhausted. So does that make sense? Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, and we, you know, we have uh, my church I grew up in, you know, we, they still send us some money and, and, and really that, that financial investment is contingent, you know, on a letter coming and, uh, and it's, that's fine. Right. You know, I mean, I, I have no, is problem, it, is it? Okay. Okay. I mean, it's yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, look, 
I were giving someone money, I would I would want to know how it's going. Um, right. I want communication. Now, now, having having said that, with my experience, I would probably, and I think this is, I think you see this in scripture. I think really the sending is the is the um, how would I put that? Like they seem to be the initiator of the hey, how's it going out there? Right. Like yeah. they seem to be the one that are extending help and offering communication to the plant. Um, and it's it's not one it's not one way either way. But uh, and, and I don't want to go too far down this as, as a rabbit hole. I'm just saying. If I'm giving someone money, yeah, I want to know how it's going. But I do think we have to take a step back and recognize that that guy on the ground or those guys on the ground that are starting this, they really shouldn't be bothered with that sort of administrative yeah. stuff, you know. Yeah. And, and surely in the in the 2000s at this point, uh, church planners don't need to be hassling with that stuff. I'm not saying not communicate, not celebrate, not give feedback, but. This idea right. of monthly support letter updated every four weeks, um, it does. It puts an undue amount of pressure, and that's for sure. That could be a whole other episode about how we do that. And what that yeah, yeah like. and I think that's something worth unpacking. But that but, was, I mean, that was it. I was running like yeah. that's it. You're running like I got it. People want to know what's happening, um, and it becomes cyclical, right? Because I've got to communicate things that are good because I think that's what I'm here to do. Yeah. And if I don't have something to talk about, that's bad. And so I instinctively begin to think of things to put on the calendar that demonstrate our busyness, not necessarily our fruitfulness. Right. And, uh, and then there's that whole other segment of busyness leads to fruitfulness, uh, which is, I mean, the cognitive dissonance of that idea is baffling to me at this point now. But um, obviously, sowing leads to reaping, but right. let's not... <laughs> Let's not pretend all sowing leads to all reaping either, right? So, uh, so anyways, yeah, it just becomes very cyclical, or at least it did for us. You know, it was like I put more stuff on the calendar, right? Because I wanted to but, talk about it, and well, and that's just it. I mean, we sl- we slammed our calendar like that summer. We had that first summer those those four months, we yeah. had five mission teams here that stayed for a week or just a little over a week. So, I mean, a lot of that we had, we had community events every month, the farmer's market once a month and at least one or two others. And then the canvassing and the uh, servant evangelism stuff. So like there was very little downtime. And again, I don't, yeah, I, I think at least for us, cause we were coming from the Bible belt to Utah. We're coming from North Carolina to Utah. Like there is a completely different culture. You're in a brand new city. You've never lived in before. Like we were you know, we had our grand opening service. We were still getting lost driving around town. Like, you know, so it's, there's this like, yeah, there there should have been a season and we should have lent again. The mistake was I didn't do this. I wish I had, I wish I had just given us even a year and said, let's just, let's just get acclimated. Let's, let's find, you know, what's, what's the grocery store we're going to go to. What's our favorite rest, new restaurants. What, you know, let's meet some neighbors. Let's, and instead of like, cause we didn't even meet our, like, dude, we introduced ourselves to our neighbors, but there was no, there was no time even to like pour yep. in with anyone. Cause we were out like, it was stupid. And yes. so I think yeah, yeah, it would, you know, I wish Utah here's, I mean, it's, it's like, you know, you've got the beaches and stuff in California. We've got the mountains. Like it would have been great to just to enjoy the new, the new community, you know, and go explore and go hike and go. And we didn't, uh, we didn't do it. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I think, maybe pivoting to more solution based you know stuff here i think that 
uh, yeah, a a there is no rush. You know, like uh, you could you could definitely learn from foreign missionaries on this because they, I think they understand very well the tension of we came here for a reason, but we cannot rush this process. And some of that's done for them, right? You got language school, you've got cultural adaptations that are happening. um, You've got just the, and right, all that's connected to the ability to even start sharing the gospel once you're there. Um, If you're going into some like raw, you know, unreached, you know, people groups like 1040 window, Southeast Asia, where you're the white dude in the village. Right. And, uh, and so, but in America, we, you know, because there's not a lot of cultural climatization that we think we have, we a either ignore that, or we don't really understand the value of, of kind of putting limitations on our own speed. Yeah. And, um, and so whenever we have this, rush mentality uh so many things get overlooked things don't get prayed for things don't get fasted for yep. we we misapply the current resources that are already given us like that mission team like that's awesome man like we had we didn't have mission teams we had groups of people from churches that came and helped canvas and and i i don't know if was that similar to what they did or did they actually come out and like offer you guys some aids in discipleship? Uh, See, of- no. And that's hindsight. We could have utilized them better. They were coming specifically to help for those preview services and for the grand opening service. So the, they were doing outreach and, uh, you know, evangelism type stuff with the canvassing, all that. They were, so yeah. One of the teams was at the preview service. So when I say no one was there, there was a bunch of out of state, teenagers there. (laughs) Um, But they were helping us gear up to that. I, again, I would have utilized them a little differently now, but, uh, but yeah, we had, you know, but there was no space. I like what you, there was no space to even like, we, we didn't even give much thought to where we were starting. We just found the place to rent for the services. Like there was no getting to know the city before we had rented the space. There was no getting to know the city before we were spending advertising dollars. Um, before we were picking locations for outreach. I mean, it was, there's, it's, I get, it's still America, but it's not home. So it's all new, right? It's, it was a brand new place. It's home now, but it was a brand new place then. And you have no clue what's going on. And so giving, yeah, giving that time to understanding where you now live is incredibly valuable because Utah is not like a super liberal state. Right. I mean, it right. would mirror at that time, you know, North Carolina, probably maybe at a level like politically and um, the types of interests that things that people are doing, you know, between the two. But obviously, there's lots of mountains in Utah that are not in North Carolina. And yeah. so and the and the people that are in Utah are obviously different from the people in North Carolina. And so there it, there does need to be space in anywhere like anywhere you didn't grow up and you're going to plant a church i don't care if it's 60 miles from you in the same state there needs to be some time for some cultural adaptation for you to just kind of soak in and at least be able to think about the people you're engaging with the people that you're meeting the conversations you're having to kind of distill that down into your contextual approach to apply the gospel that needs to happen bar none but i think even more importantly is this idea where giving yourself like a good long runway before you take off 
to find out where you fit a little bit in that community. Like, what are the hobbies that might interest you in that new area? What are your favorite restaurants that you like to go eat? What sports clubs are available to you for your children? Because ministry moves at the speed of relationships. Mm -hmm. And that was a huge error on our part. Because like you, we had no time to get to know anyone in the community. And uh, and now, you know, we've got block parties rolling in our neighborhood that we use to pray for people. Uh, we've got sports clubs. I'm a part of coaching, uh, leading kids in prayer before practices, after games. I mean, and, and this isn't pushy. It's just us being us. I mean, I go to the gun range and practice tactics with a solid group of cops and stuff in the area now. And they all know what I do. They know I'm available. Like, and, and some of that's just 12 years, right? I mean, right. right. You're not, you're not going to be able to replicate that in, in nine months or 18 months or 12 months, but, but you can get started, you know, in, in that, if you're not binding yourself to this, like, we've got to go, we got to go, we got to go. We've right. Got to go. Well, and, see, and that's the thing with no space. Cause I'm even thinking back at our grand opening service. There was no one local that I knew personally at our grand opening service. Yeah. yeah. Like, like I didn't have, I didn't make, isn't that stupid? I didn't have any space. Like I didn't like a neighbor or someone, a friend that I've, I've developed this friendship and we've been doing stuff together and have, get another, like no one I knew. And, and, and this, this, yeah, this will trip you out too. Like again, the speed of stuff. Right. And this was probably connected to a few other things, but we had probably, I mean, we had 65 on our grand opening Sunday. And I would probably say close to 15 of those people were from other churches in the area. Uh. And they just wanted to see, like, and, and one guy told me this. He said, I just wanted to see if the gospel was being shared. So he was a part of a church, loves Jesus, part of a new church, came to just see if the gospel was going to be shared. And of course it was. But what an incredible opportunity it would have been to maybe mobilize this guy towards movement or some some of those families towards movement within a simple with a simple follow up but because we were just moving at such a rapid pace i never even that thought never even occurred to me when i was in that conversation like leveraging this as an opportunity to yeah. to engage you know these these christians in our area that maybe god would call them in some sort of gospel partnership uh, with us. And that's connected to a lot of other stuff when we were planting. But I do think this time bound issue uh, maybe exasperated, you know, that miss. Well, yeah. And again, just the brevity, I think just squeezes that stuff out because, you know, there's not Provo's the least reached Metro in America. There's not a ton of churches here. There was fewer when I moved here 12 years ago. Yeah, I, I did initially uh, before moving, reach out to the handful of churches. I only heard back from, I think one or two brothers and, but I didn't, when I moved here, I hardly got any time with, I mean, again, yeah. I feel like that it would have been beneficial to have connected for the sake, for my sake. And, uh, I mean, they weren't, they were nearby, but you know, to be, have met them in person, I guess would have been beneficial. I didn't like, I talked to him on the phone once we didn't know him, and for my wife's sake, for our family's spiritual well being and health. Yes. And, you know, I think that was to our detriment. And that goes back to this. We could have really tried to, again, it, it needed to be reciprocated, but we could have tried to foster some, some partnership in the kingdom, some, you know, community there between, between churches. Um, 
instead of just kind of being siloed off and us versus them kind of mentality, which is something I wrestled with up through, you know, years of just anyone that came was a threat. And I think I started poorly in that way, but yeah. I also, I also think it's significant. Like this is a big deal for your family. You already yeah. said it. Like, you, yep. and I wish I had just taken time to like, enjoy it and celebrate it. Like this is let's start new traditions. Let's do like this. Let's really explore and have fun. And you know, now we, my family, now we mark May 12th, we call it move to Utah day. We, we try to be a little more intentional in celebrating it for just the sake of family tradition, but yeah. in the, in the throws, Great idea. you know, we, we, it was a missed opportunity to really just kind of revel and wow, this was years in, in God bringing us this direction. You know, for me, since I was 16, this is hundreds of people giving thousands of dollars. This is hundreds of churches who prayed for this. We're here. Let's just sit in it for a minute. Um, right. and instead we, you know, we blew right, blew right through it. So, yeah. And I, yeah, I mean, I think you just, sometimes a little bit of that might be a little bit of, uh, um, I don't want to use the word, you know, PTS cause that seems silly, but, um, just this correlation of like teaching from the parable of the talents and the stewards uh, that can be exacerbated to say something it's not, you know, really saying, yeah, uh, which is unfortunate, but, um, but either way, you know, at the end of the day, you're at the helm of the ship and you should be able to, and should make calls like that where you recognize um, you know, Hey, this is, and look, the other thing too, right. Is that a part of that, because you said too, you know, it, <laughs> we'd love to pretend, or at least maybe I would like to pretend that I was just really looking to reach people for Jesus. And certainly that was a part of it, but really the, the fear yeah. was really what was driving a lot of that frivolous activity, unthought yeah. through activity. Um, instead of recognizing these are investments from people who believe in me and they believe in the mission that we're on. Uh, They trust me, which is why they are giving me money. And they also trust me to make good decisions. Like why would anybody send us thousands of dollars a month if they thought we were going to waste their money? Right. They just would not do that. Like they've already have said, I believe in what you and what you're doing. Yes. So then, the, but then you arrive and feel like you've got to justify it or prove it. Like, I've already given it to you. Like you already have it. Like I've got money in hand, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then to feel like I've got to somehow justify this to them and they've already made the investment. It's, I feel like yeah. there's a salvation application there. <laughs> <laughs> Coming to a, a sermon near you. Yes. Um, yeah. It's yeah. so true. You know, um, just recognize that. You being busy for the sake of busy yeah. is, is bad for you. It, it yeah. really is, right? It's just bad for you. And and there and there's lots of books out there that are touching on this now where your energy level fuels your productivity. And if you are redlining all the time, you're actually worse for yourself in a from a yeah. productivity standpoint. And uh that day at the beach would be good for you. Or yeah. that day in the mountains would be good for you. Or that day on the dojo would be good for you. That day at the yeah. range would be good for you. And no one back in the supply and logistics area that's funding you is is going to look at some post of you doing something like that and think, why aren't they in the neighborhoods knocking right. doors? You know, like right. nobody's thinking that way. You know why? Because they're probably not. Well, and, that, and that's you know, and that's and that's maybe something to consider is like everyone 
take some kind of time off, yes. does something leisurely from time to time, has a vacation, whatever, watches a movie, watches. Yeah. So it's not the fact that you're doing that is not like, yeah, no one's looking at you thinking you should be 24 seven, seven days right. a week cranking it out. That's, um, that's so. your own stuff. Yeah, that is your that's own, those are your own demons, you know, that's, that are yeah. walking around. I, I, well, and that probably goes to, there's probably some identity issue in that. Uh, sure. You're finding value and identity in your, I'm a church planter. I'm a pastor. I'm a missionary, whatever, in the work instead yeah. of my identity being in Christ. Like, it, you know, if I came here, we went at it for that first summer. And when anyone showed up at the grand opening service, if we had just quit, I mean, Jesus ain't going to love me any less. Right. I mean, just not. So it's like, that's not, I'm not a failure in that, you know, in Jesus's eyes, but anyway, I think, so no matter, so let's say this, no matter what your methodology is. So mobile church launch service, micro churches, house church or whatever, multi-site, any of this, yep. this idea of taking space leading up to some kind of public push, public launch, public service, what, again, whatever your methodology requires, I would say it's across the board. Like there's, there's yeah. nothing you can take space to get acclimated, to to figure out your surroundings, to better pray and contextualize what you're about to do, to meet people, and I mean that's I would I would recommend that to anyone. The time you roll in to the time you start, I would take more time than that. Whatever you're planning, yeah. take more time. Take more time. Um, a, go ahead. Great. Uh, trying. You probably heard of this. I I heard this through uh, Carrie Schmidt at one point, and it was a great thought. Like you have this triangle of uh, time, creativity, and money. And in whatever direction that begins to, like, if you have more time, uh, you have less money, but you might have more creativity. And they're and they're all kind of inverse in the way that they relate, you know. So when you're short on time, you have to have a surplus of creativity or money. Mm. And if you're if you have a lot of money, you don't always have to be too creative, and you don't need a lot of, of time. And if you don't have a lot of money, then you really got to be heavy on the creativity or the time, right? Yeah. And so just recognizing, yeah, to your point, you know, whatever model you're pursuing here, recognize those three are related and time's on there for a reason, because you might, you might have this really big grand opening idea that you want to do, but is three months enough to do that? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I wish, I wish. Because I think the if the long the more time you take to kind of figure things out, it, it will speak to that. I, you're right. It, we, our grand opening service was awful. Like it it looked if I, I it looked awful. Like I looking back on it now, I'm embarrassed by it. Like it was terrible. If I but we were sure rush, I mean, we had no it was just there's no time put into it because we were cranking things out. So there is this the time does let you either prepare more adequately or as you're getting you know I would think maybe even if we had been trying to contextualize and, and become acclimated a little more, we might've tweaked to some of the stuff we were doing, even as a lot of what, what it looked like altogether, or even some of the methods. So there was, there would have been space to learn the area a little more, but you're right. You, time is, is, is a big component of what you do and uh, you can't 100%. do something. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I, I tell you what, there, cause we could talk about some, how we kind of prepared for those a preview services and the grand opening service. I know we both did outreach and canvassing and teams and uh, there's a lot I would do different looking back, but that, I think that's probably what we need to pick up on. Cause I'm looking here. Yeah. To, uh, so 
yeah, I could, I could, I mean, now I could definitely make some recommendations on like, so let's just say I kept the timeline the same, right? Yeah. Um, a, a, I would change the way that that launch service looked out, uh, looked, uh, and certainly it would probably be pushed down the, the road a little bit, but, uh, you know, whatever the amount of time you've, cause I'm sure there's somebody here and you're already in your city and right. your, your plant date, your launch date is, is maybe 90 days from now. And yeah. I don't, I don't want that guy kicking himself, you know, because well, he, let, let me say this, let me say this though, before you keep continue that thought. Yeah. Um, if you have already started promoting it and advertising it and say it's nine, say it's a couple yeah. months out, but there is no, like, it hasn't happened yet. That's right. So you, the, the, if you're going to change things like now or now's better than waiting and starting it and realize that I was started too soon. Like right. it's okay. No one's looking. I would say that very few people are grabbing attraction at two or three months out versus if you were trying to do it, like you said, the week of you might be up the Creek, but if, if you're, I, I think you've probably got some time to adjust your calendar if you're, if you're that far out, but anyway, yes. go ahead, bro. Yeah, absolutely. So I just think getting yourself around people not in a preview service, like stop with the official, the, the hosted stuff, like, cause that's, that's not making disciples. I mean, I, certainly people put their faith in large gatherings and events serve a purpose and all that sort of stuff. So I'm not saying don't do anything like that. I'm just saying when you're getting to the city, your primary mission, if you're going to launch a church, whether this is a traditional model, micro house, whatever, your mission is people, you know? So just find places that you can begin to meet people and do something scripturally related. And, uh, and I'm, I'm a big proponent now of, I don't care what you do, as long as it's connected to vision, it has some sort of accountability built in, and it has some sort of goal setting to be a part of it. Those three things catalyze growth and health in Christians, mm-hmm. and we need them. And, uh, and whatever it is, like it, this could be in a park, this could be at a coffee shop, this could be at a range, this could be on a dojo. I mean, you could do this anywhere. A dojo. Uh, sports, you know, and the door to a launch service or a house launch, that is such an easy door to open because you have catalyzed around scripture Christians into movement, you know, um, not just, right, not just a event of a service and not just the starting of something you have now coalesced people around scripture that's moving them towards obeying Jesus following Jesus and being healthy in their Christian life yeah and um and that's really the that's really the requirement of bearing fruit right love god love people and god says i'll give you fruit yeah and um and so i think whether it's 90 days, six months, 12 months, 18 months, that is what I would recommend someone spend the majority of their time doing. Get a healthy rhythm for your family, get settled in and start meeting people where it makes sense for you to meet people. Maybe you're not a coffee guy, who cares? Maybe you're not a gun guy, who cares? Maybe you're not a jujitsu guy, who cares? You know, Are you a jujitsu guy? Are you a jujitsu guy? I like jujitsu, yeah. I'm learning things about you, bro. I'm sorry. I'm learning. <laughs> yeah, all, all things, all things lethal. I, I like, <laughs> no, I think that's, and again, this might be a good spot to kind of tie a bow on this, on this topic. Cause there's, there's elements of what was happening during those, those months that we could delve into a little more, but I, I just want to recap this. There is, there is no rush. Yeah. 
So we said that there's no rush and just search your own heart. I mean, ask God to search your heart. Like, is, am I rushing because of fear? Am I rushing because of pride? Like what, what, what is the rush? Uh, because of, uh, you know, and maybe that's a good opportunity to have some conversations with your sending agency or your home church about expectations. Uh, maybe it's your donors about expectations. Hey, thank you so much for investing. I know that I'm going to take six, eight, 12 months before we actually launch. There's going to be some time where I'm just kind of acclimating and getting, getting settled in. I think that's great. It's also don't, don't drag your family at a break next, but you just mentioned healthy rhythms, of your family. Yeah. This is a big deal. Like you're moving to a new, enjoy it. You're moving to a new city, a new state, possibly Uh, man, get to know the area and make it fun for your wife and kids. Like enjoy that new time together. No one's going to fault you for it. And if yeah. someone faults you for having a good time with your wife and get like, then you don't like get that you go take your, take your $20 a month or whatever it is and get out of here. I don't, I don't need that mess in my life. Uh, and, but then also, yeah, just the, some spiritual rhythms that would involve meeting people. One, like getting to places where we're around people and not just this, again, we both talked about break next week, canvassing and events where you just, you don't know those people. Those are strangers. And then, yeah. but actually get into some relationships and then invite them into some, some prayer or some time in the word, like just begin to, Let's just have like, yeah, let's start begin to, what's it look like to follow Jesus? Let's learn this together. Let's pray together. How can we, I think that would be tremendous, man. Those, those kind of three takeaways we can pick up when we, this next conversation, maybe about some of the outreach and canvassing mission team, some of the stuff that was happening again, leading up to, cause there's a lot I would do differently there, but these three takeaways yeah. here, I wish, I wish I had done these three things different, taken more time, made it better for my, my wife, and then actually poured into people and just developed some, some spiritual rhythms with others in relationship. Yes. So, okay. Yeah. Brother, unless you got something else to add, I'm going to wrap this up. Okay. No, it's good. I hope this has been helpful to you, the listener. If it has, please subscribe to the podcast. Um, we're coming in here. This is our second episode in season two. Um, subscribe, leave us a rating. Please share it. I mean, share it on social media. If you know a church planter, uh, someone who's just on the field, someone preparing to go, again, put this in their hands. Let them listen to it. Let it be at least... Uh, Again, Isaac and I are still learning. I'm definitely still learning. So this this isn't the end all, but man, it'd be a good conversation starter perhaps for them and their team or their sending agency or whatever. I hope it would be a, a help to them. Again, my name is Logan Wolf. I'm joined today by Isaac Morin. This is Everything I Did Wrong as a Church Planter, a Million Part Series.